This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. Today's a great episode filled with lots of helpful information. At least it was helpful for me, so I hope it will be for you as well. This is episode 84, and my guest is Kelly Siphon. Kelly is a board-certified behavior analyst, and she is the founder of her own business, Applied Behavioral Happiness. At Applied Behavioral Happiness, Kelly and her team work with families to overcome challenging behavior through skill building programs and play. I maybe had a couple of real life experiences for Kelly to analyze with my own children that I thought were probably things that people listening have probably walked through as well. Uh, What I love about Kelly is the way she approaches this is what's gonna work for your family, your belief systems, your values, and it's not a one-size-fits-all plan for how to handle behavior issues with your child or your children. Uh, Some things we talked about are how to change behavior without forcing change in your child, when tried and true advice doesn't work, what our triggers are, what our kids' triggers are. I walked away with some tangible skills that I'm gonna work on with my own kids, and I hope that you will walk away with that as well in this episode. Friends, this episode is sponsored by Shoot Photography. Holy moly, if you are looking to get some family pictures taken, you need to check them out. Their sessions are totally free to book and you only pay for the photos you love. Sessions take place at stunning outdoor locations in 60 cities nationwide. Surely there is one near you. There were multiple locations to choose from here in Raleigh for me. Uh, and you can use the code SANDYBOY once you get your pictures taken uh, to check out for 15% off five photos or more once you get your photos back. And let me just tell you, our family had a 30-minute session a couple weekends ago, and we got our pictures back in one day so fast. And 30 minutes is such a great amount of time with the kids because that's about all they have to give. Uh, And so this is so smart. I think it's so smart. Like get your Christmas card picture taken, you know, Um, or if a kid has a birthday or graduating, anything, you can get these photos taken and it's so affordable. Uh, The more you buy, the more percentage off you get per photo. Uh, But yeah, go to shoot.com. That's S-H-O-O-T-T.com. And use that code SANDYBOY once you get your pictures back for 15% off five photos or more. Go check them out. You won't regret it. All right, friends, enjoy. And I hope you get something good out of my conversation with Kelly Siphon. Okay. Well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling podcast, we have Kelly Siphon on the show. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to talk with you, and I just told you offline, I had a situation last night we might be able to uh, work through on this call. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Kelly is the founder of Applied Behavioral Happiness, and I would love it, Kelly, if you could explain what you all do at Applied Behavioral Happiness and how you 
got to this part of your career? Like what inspired you to go into this career? Absolutely. So the the path ending up with this business in this career and in this business was an interesting one. It started with a rescue horse ranch that I was working on in Colorado. I had gotten my master's in education, realized that teaching just wasn't for me and went back into farming and ranching. And I was at this ranch and was given a group of um, kids to work with that were in group homes due to sexual violence and um, gang affiliation mostly. And along with that, there was a group of veterans that we were working with. And I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic being able to pair the um, rescue horses up with people who were receiving therapy. It was really, really neat. And then one day my boss came to me and went, okay, now we're going to give you a group of, of kids that have different needs. I, I, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know, I was, I was looking at her going, oh, goodness, I'm, there's no way I'm qualified for this, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll give it a try. Um, and I got at this amazing group of preteens and teens that had all different diagnoses, autism, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, and they were so cool and so much fun to hang out with and work with and watch progress. But I still had that nagging feeling of, man, I just, I don't feel fully qualified for this. Mm. How do I make sure that if I'm spending time and providing therapy for these amazing kids, that they're getting the best they can? And that's where I sort of fell into the field of ABA, ABA being applied behavior analysis. I was originally in a very classic setting and quickly started to go, you know, this, there's a lot of good in this science, but it's not being used in a way that I really like. Hmm. It's not being used in a way that seems as respectful and as kind um, as it could. And I just, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So I completely burned out of the field, went back to farming again. And um, after a little while, started getting calls from friends and families and different people who just went, oh, you know, I know you used to Mm. work with kids with, you know, different behavioral challenges. What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on that? And I realized looking back, because I'd worked in the field, not only directly with kids, but also on the admin side, oh my goodness, there's a lot of people who need support who don't have access to it. So we can do this better. We can get the support to more people. And we can create something really beautiful, but I'm going to have to do it on my own because it's just not set up that way. And that's where Applied Behavioral Happiness started. Wow. So you just like started researching like how do I launch a business and what kind of certifications did you have to get? What did that look like? Sure. So I decided to go for an LLC, which means you need to register with the state. I um, early on recognized that I needed some coaching And I got in with uh, Sylvia Inks, it's SMI Financial Coaching, and she really helped me set up correctly. Like, hey, this is the part where you have to have a lawyer. Mm. This is the part where you have to make sure, you know, you're going by this law, this rule. Um, Because very quickly you can fall into like, oh, this seems so easy. And Mm -hmm. then you miss that one thing that actually matters. Or, oh gosh, I'm over-investing on everything. You know, I'm lawyering up for every little piece of paperwork and now you've wasted a lot of money. So it's been it's been a trial and error process. It's been a outreach to find the right supports process, but it's been worth it every step of the way. When clients come to you, what are they typically looking for? Certainly. So there's, there's two big categories of um, conversations that I have when clients come to me. So when a client comes, we do a 30-minute consult for free no matter what. I want to make sure that I'm the right fit for you and you're the right fit for me. We, we work that out together. 
Um, but I will hear really one of two things. One is we've been looking for support for so long. Who the heck are you? Like, <laughs> what is this? What's going on? Um, and, you know, we take the time to talk about, okay, this is, you know, what ABA is. This is how we're not like your classic ABA situation. This, these are the things that you will see. These are the things you won't. For example, um, I have a very clear conversation of, hey, if you're a yes sir, no ma'am, no compromise, follow the rules, period sort of person, I'm not the right provider for you. And that's okay. You know, I can I can refer you out to some other providers that have more of that style. And if you're the gentle, intuitive Montessori, like those are the sort of words you're using to describe yourself, we're probably going to get along great and you're going to see a lot of success. The other type of call that I get is the, hi, my name is mom and I'm the worst mom in the mm. world and I'm a complete failure and that's the only reason I'm calling you. And it's just incredibly heartbreaking mm -hmm. because I do these calls five to 10 times a week. Mm. So goodness gracious, if, if, if all the people who call me were bad parents, we are in big trouble, number one. And number two, you wouldn't be calling me if you were a bad parent. This is what makes parents good is reaching out for support when needed, finding that community as needed. Um, so I'd say those are the two main categories of people that give me a call. Yeah. You know, I think so many times in my parenting, I've thought, where did I go wrong? Like, what did I do to make my kid think it's okay to act like this? And, you know, one of the biggest gifts of this podcast so far for me have been has been that I've been able to talk to people like you who have reinforced to me the way your child behaves does not define the kind of parent that you are. Absolutely. I could almost cry saying that because I can't believe how many times I've needed to hear it. Mm. I'm like tearing up. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's worth tearing up over. It's, yeah. it's something that is universal at one time or another for every parent I've ever interacted with. Yeah. So, you know, I guess when like I've got a couple kids where I we, like behavior has gone too far so many times and I'm like, do I need an intervention? Do I not need an intervention? And I've never actually done intervention so like if someone's on the edge and like wondering, maybe I should give something like this a try, like what what push do they need or like when when do they should they decide like maybe I should check this out? I had a parent early on that I worked with that said, you know what, when it really clicked for me is when you told me there's no litmus test for normal. I define that for myself and for my family. You know, what is what is our healthy? What is our normal? What is our goal? And then if I go, man, this is outside of that. And I'm not certain what to do, or I'm caught in that trap of what I'm doing keeps leading to the same result, and I don't know what else to do. Then it's time to start looking out and seeing, like, okay, let's let's get a little support to start. Because it doesn't mean you know, oh, okay, let's do this giant intervention. No, it can mean again, a free 30 minute consult might be enough, or just setting up a coaching session or two, just to get that extra support in that moment to work through what you've got going. Okay. Let's go through a couple talking points here that you and I kind of talked about before the conversation. So one of the things that I think we struggle with is when our child like does things over and over again and you've had to talk to them so many times like that's not an okay thing to do. That's not a good choice. All these things. And it keeps happening. And so one of the things in your practice I know that you do is you talk about how to change behaviors without forcing change in your child. How does that work? 
Absolutely. So we've got um, one of my staff. She's fantastic. She cross stitched because she heard me say it so many times. Support, don't force. Mm. <laughs> we got it up on our wall here. The big thing that we're going to focus on with those repeated behaviors are going to be to first map it out. We take a lot of data on the front end, but I can give everybody just a really simple way to look at it. So if we break behavior down into its most basic form, and of course we can make it as complex as we want, but let's start simple. We've got the behavior itself. So what are they exactly doing? Really, really finite. So not, you know, oh, they're yelling, but yesterday they also screamed and then they cried. No, let's get it as, as tight as we can on the specific behavior we're looking at. Then we've got what's called an antecedent. That's what happens before. There's a couple different mm. kinds that we can look into. There's the thing that probably triggered it, as well as the signals that they gave that it's about to go the wrong direction. Mm. Mm-hmm. So let's say it's um, screaming from the other room, mom, mom, which is super common. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know, the antecedent, probably I was in the other room. There's a start. And then if I hear, where's mom from the other room? There's a signal. That's a behavior that occurs before the behavior I'm interested Mm -hmm. in. And signals can look a lot of different ways. For like tantrums, it may be that big, (gasps) it's a giant breath before the huge scream. Okay. It's not a a lot of time between signal and target, but we've got a little bit of warning. And then we've got what we would call in the field a consequence after, but that it has such a connotation in the English language. It just means what happens after. Yeah. So tracking, okay, where did this lead? Was there a payoff? And this is not a, oh my goodness, I'm so bad for, you know, reinforcing this behavior, causing this behavior, falling um, into this behavior and giving in. No, it's just, let's just track the pattern for now. Because I will tell you, I tell every parent I work with, choose your mental health over holding yourself to like, I can't give in. No, if today you got to give in, give in. Mm, I love that. Fight tomorrow. Just know what you're doing. Yeah. Once you have that map out, you can start to see the patterns and get ahead of those patterns. So let's say for that screaming one, I know I'm in a different room. I know they're most likely to start yelling. If I can get ahead and go, okay, I've tracked this. It's usually after school. It's usually doing homework. Great. I'm going to hand them a walkie talkie. Mm. This is the way I hear you best. If you just call me over the walkie talkie, is it a perfect solution to start? No, but it stops the yelling. And it gets us to a place where we're communicating differently. And we can shape that up into something more effective. You know, I love that you said choose your mental health some days because that's kind of why I started this podcast. This is why it's named Why Is Everyone Yelling? Because I wanted to stop yelling too. It's like I wanted my kids to stop yelling, but like I also, like why am I yelling all the time? Like I don't want to yell all the time. Um, And so I love that thought. Like, you know, I think we have to, we think we have to be so like hard and fast on like, these are the rules. You can't break the rules. And it's like, okay, yes, we want to teach our kids that, but like, sometimes our sanity trumps that exact moment, like what's happening in that exact moment. Um, Absolutely. So when you were talking about that, I made me think of uh, reoccurring behavior with one of my kids, which I'm sure that other people listening have this. One of my kids in particular, every single time I start talking to another adult, I'm like, we're in the front yard, all the kids are playing and a neighbor walks by and I'm talking to the neighbor. He needs something from me. He comes right up to me and grabs my legs and interrupts me, interrupts me, interrupts me. And for me as a mom who's like home a lot of the day, like me getting to talk to my neighbor for 20 minutes or 15 minutes is a gift. Like that is like me getting my friend time, my human connection time. So I get so 
frustrated. And it's the same kid every time. So it's like clearly an attention thing. And my neighbor who I was talking to the other day, I mentioned it to her. And she's, you know, she's like, I would just be more firm than you. I, w- I think I would be more like, I'm talking to adult. You will walk away, you know. And I, I try to like do this like, mommy's talking to her friend right now. And these are the kinds of things when my husband says I'm too passive and all these things. So I'm curious your thoughts on this scenario. Sure. Well, I think you started out with something really important there, that there's different parenting styles and one isn't right and one isn't wrong. Like some parents will choose to be more firm. Great. It sounds like the direction you want to go is to sort of keep that gentle side of things, that that works for you, correct? If it, Yeah, I mean, I want it to work for me. My husband says, well, it work for you. you've tried to do this gentle parent. You you try so hard, you know, and I try and then I sometimes, and then try, 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 and then you explode, you know, when it doesn't work sometimes. And he's like, you keep trying this and it doesn't work. It's too passive. They need to like know who the authority is. And so, you know, I think that's another big thing in partnerships like if one partner Mm -hmm. wants to be more gentle I guess that's the right word and one partner wants to be a little bit more these are the rules I'm the adult you know so yeah I don't know where I'm going with that but maybe I'll let you take it from there sure so what I want to honor there is you have a vision of yourself as a parent and it's a vision that we absolutely can stay within so that's something that's that's really different with our services compared to others where you know a classic ABA would be like Nah, hold to your guns, just ignore them. Mm. Like, I don't care if they're screaming, crying, ignore them. We're not doing that today. Mm. Um, First of all, it's not my style. Again, I'd refer you out if you were looking for that. Um, And second, you know, if I'm saying you need to be a different person than you want to be in order for things to work, am I actually helping? Or am I just making you be someone else? Again, support, don't force. So let's look at that specific situation. We know that your kiddo wants some attention in that moment. In other situations, do they know how to ask appropriately? If they want to. Okay. So they have the skill. They just don't always use it. That's fine. We just need to know that they have the skill. Yes. Fantastic. Have you ever practiced the skill of you talking to a neighbor and them waiting appropriately? Mm, I haven't. That'd be what I'd try next. It's a good idea. So there's a couple of things that I want you to consider here. The first is a someone is bleeding. Like, okay, if mommy needs immediately, you know, mom, there's an emergency. And then we can talk about, that's not an emergency, sweetie. (laughs) I'm going to keep talking. You know, we can go through those. We can practice sorting out what is an emergency, what isn't outside of your very, very well-deserved and needed time talking to a neighbor. So we've got that. So we never have a kiddo going, I'm waiting really, really nicely. Yeah. By the way, sister broke her arm. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So being able to differentiate that, we know we know how to ask for attention. Now we need to make sure that you're 100% certain of what is an emergency and what isn't. From there, there's um, a couple different directions you could go. You could go with a timer, Mm. the simple good old-fashioned timer. Mommy's going to be talking with neighbor for five minutes, 10 minutes, and then she'll come check on you. If you need something, I will address it then. Absolutely. Then I'm going to go back to talking for this many minutes. Visual timer, good to go. Um, another direction we could consider is if you need something, hand the I need something, stick, rock, whatever you want it to be to mom, and she'll get back to you within two or three minutes. But I can't help you unless you hand it to me and walk away. You know, you can you can walk two steps away, but 
we gotta, we gotta have a quiet mouth and, and you know, be waiting too. Cause what you're asking from them is I need you to be as gentle with me as I'm being with you. And I'm going to give you the skills and the tools so that you can be that gentle with me as I'm going to be with you. The big thing here is going to be that practice. Yeah. So, hey, let's practice mom talking with a neighbor and, you know, figure out which uh, strategy works best for your family. Is it the timer? Is it past the I need you? Is it um, when you need me, just hold your hand on my leg quietly and I'll come and hold your hand to let you know, you know, I'll be with you at the end of the sentence or what have you. Um, and then from there, create a celebration. So I have a lot of families that have like a secret dance mm, or a secret great. handshake. Like, hey, you waited so incredibly. I know how hard it is to wait when mom's talking to somebody else. You didn't or even better, you didn't have a single request that whole time. You were taking care of yourself. You were awesome. Let's let's do a celebration dance. Let's rock this out and have the neighbor involved too. Like, hey, when neighbor comes, I don't have immediate attention, but at the end or every X number of minutes, say every five to 10 minutes, we take a 10 second dance break together <laughs> and have that little moment of connection. Because often I love that it's not straight attention, it's connection. You know, I know that's that's such a good idea. I think that one of the most frustrating things too is like if my husband's home and you need something and I'm talking to someone, you can go to him. You know what I mean? And it's not that my husband doesn't do a million things for the kids all day. He does. But sure. like it's that like I want mom and her tensions elsewhere. Like he doesn't even necessarily need me for anything. He just won't like I'm here, you know, don't forget about me. And it's like, yeah, I know we've been together all day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, those are really good tips. Yeah, that that momentary deprivation, that signal of mom is not available. Yeah. This feels mildly uncomfortable and I need to fix it. Yeah. It's a hard one to fight with. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you had mentioned earlier the con the word consequence. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me about like what's a consequence versus a punishment. Absolutely. So for mapping it out in behavior analysis, we've got three main kinds of consequences. Got neutral, something happened, it didn't change anything about my behavior. Like I called for mom and a bird tweeted. Hmm. That did happen after, but I'm not gonna be going mommy looking for birds to tweet now. It's just, it didn't change my behavior. Then we've got reinforcement, which just means whatever happened after is going to cause my behavior to be more likely in the future. So I call for mom and she goes, yes dear. Great, I'm more likely to call for mom hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. And punishment, in, again, in this science, just means reduction of the likelihood of behavior in the future. I call for mom. She doesn't come. I call for mom. She doesn't come. I call for mom. She doesn't come. Probably not going to call for mom anymore. But what you might see with some kids, especially our teens, is they go, mom, 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 Suzanne. We go, what? <laughs> all of a sudden, calling us by our first name has been reinforced. So it's very, very interesting watching these little things play out. Hey friends, a quick break here to share with you about a product I'm loving, Portland Bee Balm. Beyond the amazing quality of their balm, Portland Bee Balm is committed to creating sustainable products, which is hugely important to me. They are members of 1% for the planet, which means they donate 1% of revenue to organizations tackling our planet's most pressing environmental issues. This is so cool products that are useful, natural, and add value to people's lives and the world. 
Portland Bee Balm provides the best hydration for your lips with clean and simple ingredients. Since I put balm on my lips multiple times throughout the day, it is very important to me that the products I'm using are clean and effective. Portland Bee Balm has so many different varieties of scents, but my favorite is the Organ Mint. The ingredients they source and the packaging they use all support health and well-being to the environment and community. So awesome. You all can go to portlandbeebalm.com and use the code SANDYBOY for 20% off your first order. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, Okay, let's move on to um, when tried and true advice doesn't work. I can't even think of things off the top of my head, but I can't tell you how many times Someone's like, oh, just do this. And you're like, oh, that's cute that that works for you because it doesn't work for me. Um, You know, I guess when I think about that, I think about potty training a lot, but this is more about behavior. But um, talk about like, what do we do when like, okay, here are the three things I know that my mom did that worked or my neighbor who I look up to did that worked, but it doesn't work for me. And also, I always feel judged, you know, like when I'm like at the park or out anywhere and like, I'm going to count to three and you're going to need to come to me. Boy, when that does work, I feel like, oh man, look at me. Everybody thinks my kids listen to me and it does work every once in a while. Like I will pull the, I'll count to three. You have three seconds to come over here and it does work sometimes. But when it doesn't work, you kind of feel like a fool. You're like, oh, Hmm. I'm so embarrassed. Like my child is just totally ignoring me and everybody's watching. Yeah. So there's there's a couple big pieces of advice that often come up and like you mentioned with potty training um eating is often a big Mm, one totally Um, eating that's a huge one the people that say they um they don't create other meals for their kids or they don't have an extra sandwich because they won't eat the meal i'm like okay i just need everybody to eat food yeah totally fair so looking at those first off there's both challenging behaviors that we can look at replacing and skills that we can look at bringing up. So like for potty training, once we get to the point of we need to use the toilet, the challenge becomes getting out of the pull-ups or diapers or what have you. So with every reduction, there needs to be a skill to replace. So like we talked about with interrupting the neighbor, we talked about a couple different skills that could replace putting hand Mm. silently, giving over the the signal. Um, So as we're looking at that going through, I think that's important to keep in mind. I love that. I think one of the biggest pieces of advice that often goes um, sideways is, oh, just ignore them. Because mm-hmm. there's there's a, a lovely little mental graph that we can draw, which is the stuff I can ignore, stuff I absolutely can't because somebody might actually break their arm. Right. And kids are very good at edging that line so you no longer can ignore them. Like, oh, okay. You're ignoring me? Great. I'll stand on the table and do backflips. Yeah. Can't ignore me anymore. What's up? Like, what are you, <laughs> you going to do now? So for that, the biggest thing I say, like we talked about with mental health, if you know you're not there today, give in early. Reinforce that small behavior. I'd rather see a ton more whining than a ton more breaking stuff. So if I know, okay, yeah, today I'm just not going to be able to support them through this. If I can give in early, I'll be reinforcing this small behavior, this thing that's much more doable than if I let it explode into something bigger today. Um, as well, like you talked about on the gentle side of things, straight ignoring can be really uncomfortable and not in a um, in a good stress, 
building resilience kind of way, but in a, hey, this this doesn't feel good. This is not connecting. And so there's ways to ignore the behavior itself. Like, hey, if you throw something, I'm, I'm not going to attend to you throwing, but I'm going to say it looks like you're really frustrated right now. I'm going to give you some soft things that you can throw. I didn't even address the fact that you threw a block. I'm just going to give you some balled mm. up socks and we're going to rock and roll with that. You got anger in your hands. Great. Let's get out of your hands in a safe way. I have a question about that. Block right now. Do you Absolutely. Have, do you have the conversation like five minutes later or like the next day to talk about why you gave them the safe thing to throw and like why it's not okay to throw the hard thing? Do you know what I mean? Because I Absolutely. totally get that. But like, when do we address that? Like, when this happens, this is what we need to go to instead of the hard thing that could hurt someone or break something. Really depends kid to kid. So I've got some kiddos that I've worked with where as soon as you bring it back up, they get completely dysregulated. They are completely unable to have this conversation in their maturity level. They're just not there. So what I'll need to do is preempt, okay, the next time we're feeling angry, let's go find soft stuff. Let's go practice finding soft things for when we're angry. When we're angry, we can throw soft things. So I'm less focused on what you can't do and more focused on making sure you're absolutely certain, have, have very easy access to what you can. Like there are balled up socks everywhere and pillows and different things. Let's go practice being angry. Mm. So go do this well. Um, because anger isn't the problem. Right. Throwing blocks is. So, right. okay. The other piece is if I start seeing you getting angry, I'm going to start to push away the blocks and hand you things that are soft um, and really try to get that that um better choice in place and then later the conversation will be more about hey i saw when you were angry you threw something soft that was really awesome like that is such a great way to get your anger out that's how i get my anger out too sometimes and we can stay away from the talking about what we shouldn't do if we know that child's just going to go through the roof as soon as we bring it up other kids as soon as they're calm they'll bring it up themselves okay oh, yeah, i really shouldn't have thrown that i'm really sorry hey thanks so much buddy what are we going to do next time so either way, we're focused on less on, oh, my goodness, what did you do? And more on, oh, my goodness, what could you do instead? Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's, you know, a style thing, but the, the direction I'd go. And from the from the changing behavior side, you're going to have a lot more luck putting attention forward toward what you want to see more of instead of putting attention forward toward things that you want to get rid of. So often, if I'm mad enough, I'll be like, you know what? Mom really needs to know about it today. I'm grabbing a block because I know how mad she doesn't know how mad I am. And I really need to show her. So you can start to go, oh, geez, I accidentally, you know, created that by putting so much attention into don't you don't you ever throw that. That's really dangerous. You know, that could really be a problem. Well, when it's big enough and I need to show you, I might go for it. You know, so this kind of um, this kind of like directs into the conversation I was going to bring up last night with our whole family was playing soccer out front and, uh, and, and the game ended there's, I have four kids and they're ages three through nine. So it's kind of funny to play, you know, it's like the big boys know how to play soccer. The little boys don't really. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of an art to make it work. And my husband and I were playing too. So there were six of us out there and you got to kind of direct people, like make sure you give the little ones the ball sometimes, whatever. Anyway, ended the game because the big two started fighting. Fine. My son, my oldest son screams, I hate you to my husband, which that's a word that is very triggering to me. I've learned, like, I think that that is like the worst thing you could ever say, you know? And so I've, I've, I know in my head, I've coined it as like, you know, that's so like, we don't, we don't say we hate people. Like we don't hate people, you know? But anyway, so 
then he throws a ball at the house and um, we were going to go on a walk. And my husband decides his punishment is that he stays home and he can't go on the walk. And my heart is saying, let's think of something else that can be a consequence to that behavior because I think going on the walk will like reconnect us. But then, you know, there's my husband saying he can't run the show. So, and I am certain this is like so common in in marriages and partnerships with kids. Like one person thinks you should do one thing. One person thinks you could do the other. And this is kind of out of character of him to be so aggressive. And he's nine, so he's a little bit older. You know, it's not as, I would say, maybe age appropriate as like a five-year-old. But uh, anyway, I'm just curious in that situation, like, what would you have done? Certainly. So there's, when we're looking at consequences that are intended to punish, so intended to reduce a behavior, the first thing we're going to want to look at is, is it natural? So if I say, I hate you and throw the ball at the wall, then I have to stay home for a walk. Is that naturally what would happen? Maybe, you know, people might want a little bit more space from you after that, or you may need some space to calm down. So perhaps that could certainly fall in there. And then it comes down again to style. So it would be, if we were working together, it would be sitting down with you and sitting down with your husband and going, okay, let's take apples and oranges and find some, some fruit in between. Are we pineapples or we mangoes? Let's figure this out. <laughs> And get a little bit of both your styles in here and create that cohesive communication and agreement and how we'd move forward in these situations. If it was a one-off, I arrived, I saw this, and for whatever reason, it was my job to intervene. Um, my first thought would be asking you, like, is this out of the ordinary? You said it's a little bit. Okay. What were the boys arguing about before? Probably just like, I didn't even witness it. My husband witnessed. It was like, soccer ball like you can't do this this is the rule this is you can't do this because this is the rule and we weren't really playing by rules anyway because you know my three-year-old was out there and we were kicking the ball in the road and all that so my my next thought would be and again this depends kid to kid family to family is how do I reconnect and figure out what that that line of thinking was if possible some Mm -hmm. kids will go straight I don't know I don't Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. I don't know why I did that but if possible Love to go like, hey, what what's going on there? This is out of the ordinary for you. What's happening? Now, in this situation, I can look at it and go, wow, would that reinforce the behavior? Is they more likely to throw stuff and yell if I come and you know, give them attention after? Mm-hmm. Likely not, because if we map out that that situation of antecedent to behavior, it's not likely that attention was what he was looking for. In fact, he was probably trying to get away from everybody, push people away, disconnect in that moment because it was a tough moment of, of having to use some mature language. And I don't mean mature as in cursing, but rather, you know, mature communication skills to be able to work through a hard moment, skills that he clearly didn't have access to in that moment. From there, I might consider instead of you can't go on the walk, hey, let's run through that again real quick. I'd love for you to go on the walk. Can we just go through what, what we could do instead? Again, some kids are going to just straight up like, nope, done, disconnect from you That's in that moment. That's kind of how he would like put kind of like shrug me off like in a really like yep. aggressive way. Mm-hmm. So it might be, and again, this is difficult having because we go through and we do an assessment with every family yeah. to make sure we know all the little background details. But some other just big, you know, pop in my head thoughts would be, 
all right, man, like, I'm going to pass a quick note to you. You know, if he's, I'm guessing, probably stomped into a room, probably slammed a door. Those are often next steps. Pass a quick note to you when you're ready to talk. Mm. Come on out. I like that idea. You know, I just, you know, we can't go verbal to verbal right now. So yeah. We're just going to ignore that, that shrug off, that big, big words coming back. But I can pass you a quick note and say, hey, you know, this is out of the ordinary. I hope you're okay. When you're ready, you know, this is what I need to talk to you about. And then we're, we're going to go on a walk. Um, and that may mean that everybody else leaves or we all go, like, if you're not ready by 4.30, we're going to go on the walk, but we'll be back. Um, or, you know, I'm going to stay behind everybody else go just in case he's ready to reconnect. It can be some, some playing around with that. Um, but taking the time to figure out, okay, what, what on earth happened there? If we can, so what I don't want is for him to go, well, I ate you throw the ball, pushed you all away. And that's what occurred is you got pushed away. That is the reinforcement is everybody got pushed away, you know? So I don't want to. I want to be working delicately on that reconnection in order to make sure that that behavior doesn't result in the reinforcement of everybody backing off too quickly, um, which can seem a little backwards. But often when you map it out, you start to see that pattern of, oh, this isn't to get something. This is to get out of something. Mm-hmm. I feel uncomfortable. You guys are doing it to me. Back off. I don't want to connect anymore. Okay. Those words are not the ones that we need to use. Those actions are not the ones that we need to use. If we need space. Let's try to reconnect find you a better way we ended up going on the walk and he got came out of the house and walked around the other way but he walked you know and part of me was like and this wasn't the end of it either by the way (laughs) part of me there was like I think it's good that he went out and walked by himself but then there's the whole like authority thing like but we told him to stay in the house so it's like what what's the you know like do you just let it go because it was probably good for him to do the walk and then um, once we came home and got everybody to bed, I mean, he was just flying off the walls in the entire, like the entire 30 minute bedtime process, just aggressive and angry. And I know for certain he just needed to go to sleep. Like it was eight 30 and he was just tired. Like he needed to sleep, but my husband's hung up on like, he can't act like that. And I was kind of like, let's just let it go and get him to sleep as fast as possible. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's something to consider too. So the next piece, if we're going up from the basic ABC antecedent behavior consequence, the next piece we'll often explore is called the setting event. The setting event is like a cloud or a rainbow. So if I get asked to the prom by my favorite person, I've got a rainbow over my day. It doesn't matter what happens. Mm. I am stellar. Or if I got a bad grade on my test and um, we had to put my cat down earlier this week, there's a cloud. doesn't matter how good mm. things are. There's a cloud over all my reactions. Being sleepy is a massive setting event where it changed all of my behaviors underneath it. The antecedents, the things that would normally trigger me are way more sensitive and the consequences are way more harsh. So I will start seeing things that were mildly punishing or mildly reinforcing as huge. All of a sudden these big behaviors are coming out of nowhere just because I got this cloud stuck over me. So I think in that moment going, oh, it's, this, is, this is inappropriate behavior due to tiredness. Let's take care of the tired. We'll worry about the behavior later. Again, we can practice other ways later. Right now, we're not going to teach anything. Right. And if it's just tiredness, there's nothing we can do but sleep. Yeah, because it would just keep escalating. It was going to keep escalating until the kid was asleep. Like <laughs> There was no coming back. I did tell him he cannot play with his friends after school today. 
And I know some positive parenting experts like are not in that camp of taking things like that away. But how, what are your feelings on that kind of, am I using the right word, punishment? If it is intended to reduce behavior from the behavior analytic description, yes, that would be yeah. considered. I'm hoping he'll know if you act like that at bedtime, this means the next day you're not going to get a run around with your friends after school. I don't know, though. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, I didn't know what else to do in the moment. So that's where my sure. head went. And that's what I chose. So my next thought would be if I was going to go, OK, well, we really need to back up this. This just got way too big. Instead of hanging out with your friends tomorrow, we need to practice some other things. Mm, OK, I like that. And you know what? don't don't worry about it as soon as we've got a good thing growing like okay in this situation what should I have done differently as the adult okay what should you have done differently like let's both be humble here work through every step of it once we've got it all mapped out good to go go play with your friends I love that. if that gets done in an hour fantastic you know you got the say next hour to play if it takes four days it takes four days you know if, if you're just not ready to talk about it yet no problem you know, you're, I can't let you out with your friends just yet because we need to take the time to work this through. But, you know, we'll take the time that it takes. Um, taking that perspective can create like, hey, this isn't so much a punishment of like you don't get your friends, but rather we need this time to be able to make sure we're all good. And as soon as we're all good, we're back on track and normal. And that allows us to have that practice time toward the the replacement behaviors we'd like to see. Wow, I love that idea. I know it's so funny because you know the punishment of not playing with your friends is like really a punishment to the parents, right? It's like oh, yeah. you, you want them to play with their friends. That's like helpful to you. Yep. Yeah, it's like taking well, I'm taking away the tablet for four years. Yeah. Are you sure do you really want to do that? That, <laughs> that sounds oh. like a problem for me, the adults, more than anyone. I do love that. I, I love that advice so much. You, yeah, like you're you don't get to play with your friends, but in replacement of that, we're gonna fi we're gonna spend that time figuring out how we can handle the situation better next time. Yep. And once we're fully set, and let's let's at the beginning decide what complete it is. Because yeah. oh, I did it. Well, you didn't do it yet. Then it becomes that escalating criteria sort of issue. Like let's define what success is together. Then let's work through it. Once we're both agreed that we have success, go ahead and we can get you back with your friends as soon as possible. You guys are, we are just cashing in here on the best advice yeah. today. We're getting lucky <laughs> talking to Kelly. Hey, everybody, a quick break here to thank Card My Yard for supporting this podcast. If you are looking to celebrate someone special in your life, Card My Yard is the original franchise yard greeting service. And if you don't even live close to someone, but you want to send them some love, say your parents have an anniversary or your niece or nephew has a birthday and you just want to send them some special love, you can use Card My Yard in their city. They have franchises all over the country. My son is turning 10 in June, and so I cannot wait to put this little sign in our front yard. What I love about it is then this is fun. All the neighbors who walk by, like they can see it and wish him a happy birthday. It just makes him feel special. And I feel like 10 is a really big birthday. So really excited about that. And if you want to save $5 on your next purchase with Card My Yard for a birthday, anniversary, graduation, celebration, anything at all, go to cardmyyard.com. Use the code CMY5Y. That's W. H-Y, C-M-Y-5 and the word Y. 
Uh, check it out and go support a sponsor of this podcast. Sponsors are what keep this show running. So when you support a sponsor, it lets them know that people are listening. Thank you so much, Card My Yard. Thank you listeners for supporting this podcast and Card My Yard. And I hope you enjoy the rest of my conversation. Um, okay, last last uh, bullet point to cover with you is when um, we have triggers, like the things our kids are doing are bringing out our own trauma responses. So can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So first identify it like you did. The word hate. Mm. You know it's there. Okay. So how do you react when your trigger comes up? That is the model for how you'd like your children to react when their triggers come up. Mm. So I know how I react when mine come up when I'm not being mindful about it. It's not always pretty. Mm-hmm. It's, it's being snappy. It is shutting down. It is stomping away. And that's that's me, the behavior expert coming through and being like, yeah, no, this is, this is me out of mindfulness. But if I go, okay, I know this, this, and this are triggers. For example, um, when, my, when my middle uh, niece comes, when we first started having her out to the house, she was like, you were talking about uh, one, two, three, come to me. <laughs> no way, <laughs> not happening. Like, oh, you want me to turn around and sprint? Mm. Like, you, here's the line, take three steps across it. And oh, I adore this child. She's so wonderful. And that willfulness is going to be fantastic as an adult. Man, it's hard as a kid. It's a difficult one. So taking that time and going, okay, having somebody choose very willfully not to follow a direction is a trigger for me. How would I like her to react if that was a trigger for her? Let me see if I can do that. Hmm. What's the answer though? How w- Now I'm trying to think like, how would you like her to act? Like get down on your level or what? I mean, it's like, ah, this is hard. Yeah. So this is part of the reason, one of the, one of the situations that really woke me up to, you know, behavior analysis in its classic form is not my jam. Because mm. I was working with a kiddo and we were at the pool. Awesome. He was calling to a friend and he goes, look at me, try again, look at me. And I'm like, oh no, that's something that I've heard staff say. That's something I've said to kids. Look what I have modeled. This is not communication. Mm. So it's going through and going, okay, what do I want to see best? And again, it's different family to family, person to person. So I know with my niece, when what I would like her to do is not stomp off. I'd like her to not yell. I'd like her to not hit anybody. I'd like her just to make sure she has the person's attention and ask again. So what it turned into is I'm going to walk up to you, get down at your level and say, hey, you know, this is the line here. If I, I need to keep you safe, that's my job. If you choose to cross that line, we're going to have to go back in the house. Just make sure that, you know, you're safe. I live on a farm, so there's a lot of safety lines. Um, and what that leaned into is now that that she has a younger sibling is her going up to, instead of screaming at the sibling, being able to go up most of the time, <laughs> being able to go up and go, hey, buddy, we can't, you know, we can't go outside right now. You know, such and such is going on. We got to stay inside. And having that that movement and that vocalization modeled so many times from me turned into without any like, this is what you need to do, kid, turned into a behavior that she uses too. I love that. Do you struggle sometimes with kids that are like close to you or just like being out in the world, like wanting to like jump in with your methods immediately? 
all the time. <laughs> it's not so much the kids. It's when I see parents that are either struggling so hard and just having that moment of goodness gracious, mm. the world is coming apart and I just can't handle another minute. Or um, when I get cases that are, because I'll occasionally get referrals for for abuse or neglect cases mm. where it's like, okay, we, we hit that limit of of skills. So this family hit their limit of skills and all they had left was corporal punishment or they hit their limit of skills and all they had left was abuse and neglect. How do we, you know, get back in and help in that moment? And there's so many places to help that I'll see little pieces and pinches of it out in the world and go, there's just, there's not enough me. Mm. And to to be attuned to that because I, you know, see so many pieces in my, in my work and then to have to go, oh man, there's, there's nothing I can do for that right now, except for, you know, if, if necessary, I'm a mandated reporter, if necessary, you know, go seek help in other ways, but I can't bring this person on as a client in this moment. They probably wouldn't like me to, you know, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's, that's hard. You know, it's one of those moments where like, I'm sure a lot of people listening have been at Target and like they're carrying their kid out screaming or, you know, something's happening. And here's an example. <laughs> I have so many examples, you guys. Uh, just the other day, I went to Starbucks after pickup and I wanted coffee and I was getting my two little ones cake pops because I was like, well, I'm going to get myself a treat. I'll get them a treat too. And my five-year-old slapped my three-year-old just across the face for the reason being that the three-year-old told him to get chocolate instead of a cake cake pop like chocolate flavor instead of cake and it just made no sense and it checks out (laughs) and I'm sitting there like and this woman beside me goes (gasps) like she was like in shock but and that always like makes you feel like oh my gosh it like Makes it feel a hundred times worse than it is. Um, and later the lady was like, you know, oh my gosh, I totally understand. You know, I've been there. But uh, I'm stuck in this moment like we need to leave right now because of what just happened. But I want my damn coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so I got my, I did get my coffee and I did not get yeah. the cake pops. But it was a really challenging circumstance where I'm like, and it's one of those things where I brought that up because I'm thinking of multiple times where I've been in public and things happen. And it's like, as a stranger or a fellow parent or someone who works in the line of work that you work in, like, what is a helpful thing you can do in the moment? Just like smile and nod your head. You know what I mean? Because I've also been on the other side where I'm out without my kids. And I, you know, this person doesn't know I have four kids and have been through this a million times. And I want to give that person support. But like, what do you do? That I think is the million dollar question. Right? Because, you know, I've got somebody who's an introvert where if they're going, please, no one acknowledge me. Please, right. No one acknowledge me. Right. And then you've got the person that's just like, well, somebody please <laughs> just reach out and say they've been there or just hold my purse for a second, you know? And I've gone for both tries of like, you know, just like yeah. in their face as best I can. And yeah. then them looking back at me, like quit being smug. Oh, God, right. what have I done? Um, so I'm not certain there's, there's a right or direct answer. And I wish we had t-shirts that said to support me in the worst moments, please do this. Um, I think we have to go moment to moment with our best intention and know that if it's not well received, it, it was our best intention. And if, if that's what we're leading with, that's all we can do. I love that. 
It's always, and I've so many times had moms just kind of like give me the like nod. Like, I know, you know, I know. Um, but yeah, that's good advice. All right. I think that we've covered a lot and I hope that listeners have been able to like soak this in and I'm going to do some role play stuff where we're going to practice and friends listening. I hope that you have just really soaked this in. Kelly, you have given us so much knowledge. So thank you. And we're going to do into podcast questions. Perfect. Um, okay. Oh, before we do that though, let's just Mm -hmm. say like you're in Wake Forest, North Carolina, but can people get online services from you or is it just in person? Absolutely. So I'm expanding my online services now because there's so much need and there's so few providers like me in the United States, much less the world. Um, There's certain services that I can only give if people live in North Carolina, but online courses and some consultations, things like that I can do outside. Um, As well, we've got a couple of openings for in-person services, but most of my stuff is going to be, because it goes so fast for in-person, um, is going to be like parent consultation, working like we did today, but getting much, much deeper into things, um, getting much more personalized. So there's a lot of different options out there. But yes, our main office is Wake Forest. And we do have both in-person and online options. And your website is? AppliedBehavioralHappiness.com. You'll see that request an appointment button everywhere. Click it, get a free consultation, 30 minutes. We call it a free discovery call just to see what's going on, see if we're the right fit. If we're not, I make a ton of referrals out. So no matter what, we'll be able to connect you with resources. And friends, I hope that I didn't like totally overload the call with my own things. My hope is that people listening have had those circumstances that they want to address as well, like similar to the issues I brought up. I always have a hard time with that when I talk to someone like you because I'm like, oh my gosh, I wonder what her thought is on this and this, you know? Oh, what you brought up is universal. Okay, good. These are things I hear all the time. Okay, good. Um, All right, Kelly, what is something professionally or personally you would like to do that you haven't done yet? So one of my big goals um, in the business is to be able to provide scholarships Mm. because there are a lot of families that can't access um, services for whatever reason where the financial burden that being off of them would make a massive difference. Plus, if I'm causing you financial strain, I'm probably not going to help you that much because no matter how much, you know, I am able to help you make changes in behavior and change supports. If I add stress to your life, you know, that's, that's not great. So trying to find more ways to be able to help people access the services through scholarships is something I'm really excited to, to be able to start offering hopefully soon. What will funding look like for that? Like how will you get that funded? So what I've been doing is mapping out from my current clients how many that I need to be able to fund an additional client. Okay. That is so great. I was thinking about that when we were talking. Like, it's a financial commitment even if you're financially stable, you know? Absolutely. Any therapy is. Your therapy as an adult, like anything you do. And it's a it's a decision you make to help your life for the better, but... Yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking about families who desperately need this service that just straight up can't do it. So I think that that's so wonderful that you're trying to do that. Yep, I'm really excited about the prospect. Um, do you have a best most recent book you've read? Yes, I absolutely love What Happened to You by Dr. Perry and Oprah. It is a fantastic book that weaves in neurology 
in um, child and family trauma and how that affects behavior as well as the brain, as well as all the different ways that we um, interact and connect with others. And it's the visuals that they use throughout are fantastic. Or if you get into like Vanderkolt's The Body Keeps the Score or um, into some of the other like big trauma books where you're going deep into, um, you know, the neuroscience behind stuff. It's, it gets very, very clinical where Dr. Perry and Oprah are just, it's literally a conversation between mm. the two. You're seeing in different colors of writing, the two speaking to each other through the book. And it's really, really neat. Ooh, that sounds good. I want to read, I've heard of it. I want to read that. Um, anything that Oprah does, it's got to be golden. Yeah. <laughs> good quality stuff. Yeah. Sure. She, yeah. It's going to be good quality. Um, do you have a kid's book you recommend? My personal favorite is a little silly. Have you heard of the Stinky Cheese Man? I don't think I have. Oh, it was one I had as a kid, and I was so excited when my when my first niece was born. I was like, okay, when she's old enough, I'm getting her the Stinky Cheese Man. What's the and age for it? I would say, I'd say five and up, because it has a lot of like quasi potty jokes sort of things in it. Okay, and um. It's it's just very silly and it's very creative and the art style is very interesting. So it's it's definitely not um everybody's cup of tea. Okay, you know, and I'm I'm totally okay with that. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. The <laughs> book's not everybody's cup of tea. But if it's the right fit for you and your family, it is hilarious. It is fun. It is creative. And again, the visuals in it are done in such an interesting way that it can be used outside of the stories itself just to talk about art, creativity, and um, and feelings and deep thinking. Oh, I, I have all boys. Not that girls don't like potty jokes and things like that, but like it's definitely heavy over here. So I think that yep. that sounds great for our family. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. It's it's like um, the Stinky Cheese Man is the gingerbread man. Okay. And they, like Little Red Hen is through there. It's all the, you know, the classic all the classic stories, but with a very goofy twist. Oh, it's so good. I love that you're so like whatever works for your family. And like, even though these are the theories that you believe in and that you know to work, like you refer people to other places that do things a little bit differently, even if it's not your methods, because you think that they would fit there better. Like, I love that you have this like holistic view of all this. Oh, if everybody was me, we'd be in trouble, <laughs> you know, just if anybody was any one person or rather if everyone was any one person, we'd be in trouble. If we don't honor the differences between each other, we're losing out on so much. And to pretend that you are the right thing for everyone is a disservice to everybody. Mm, that is the truth. Okay. Two more questions. What is a trip or place you've been with your family or with your nieces that you've enjoyed that you would recommend? My personal favorite in North Carolina is Sylvan Heights Bird Park. Have you ever been there? No. Oh, it's good. So it's maybe two or three hours from the Wake Forest area. So it's a it's a small truck. Um, and I'm, I might be mixing that up. It might be slightly shorter. It's definitely not longer. But there's like you you're walking down these paths and there's just flamingos walking with you. Really? And then you go into this giant bigger than than my office apiary or that would be for bees aviary there we go and there's you know parrots landing on you and you can feed the flamingos wow. and you can walk through these different as much as possible you can walk through the exhibits 
And then there's a few places, of course, like you can't walk in with an emu or what have you. But I'm telling you, Sylvan Heights Bird Park, if you haven't been very cost effective, very, very cool, beautiful trails, it you really are interactive and in with all of the animals. Oh, I'm going this summer. I we recently moved to North Carolina it, um, it last July and uh, my friend who is from here, she said when she, or not from here, she moved here five years ago. She said when they moved here, they made this little booklet of something different to do in North Carolina each month with their kids. And you could do this Fun. in any state, like regardless of where you live. And just like some, even if it's like 30 minutes away or right downtown where you live, but like this would be such a good spot. And I've never heard of it. My boys would love it. Thank you for that. I'm going to send you, I've got a blog on um, the behavior needs for somebody to have a really good time there. I'll send you that oh, link cool. to include in your show notes. Oh, perfect. Okay. Last question we ask everybody is what is your last message to leave with the audience today? My biggest message is you're not alone. Everybody goes through these tough moments. There's support out there when you're ready for it and know that you're absolutely not alone. Thank you so much, Kelly. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. All right, friends. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Kelly, for all the great information you shared with us today. It was a true honor to talk with you. You can learn more about Kelly's business at appliedbehavioralhappiness.com. Friends, I would love to connect with you. This podcast on Instagram is Why Is Everyone Yelling? My personal Instagram is lindsayhines626. I would love to connect with you on both platforms. You can learn more about our podcast network at sandyboyproductions.com. Share this episode with a friend if you think it'll be helpful for them. And uh, if you feel so inclined, I would love it if you would share on social media as well and tag us so potential new people can find the show and hopefully feel connection and community and not so alone in parenthood through this podcast. That's what my hope is at least. Have a great rest of your day and we will see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?